Hi, and welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you taking the time with us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, hi, Fred. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We'll get into it later, but you're talking to us from down south, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I just happened to be in Memphis at a, at a conference. So, yes, a little further south than, than Princeton. <laughs> well, NVIDIA has held its virtual developer conference this week. Of course, lots of news there, and we are happy to have joining us NVIDIA's Vice President of Automotive, Danny Shapiro. Great to have you with us again, Danny. Always great to see you, too. Well, so some of the headlines to talk about from the conference. Let's start with what you're calling Drive Thor. <laughs> I love it. The overview first, Danny. Sure. Well, so, you know, we have a history of bringing out, you know, a single architecture, but with product enhancements kind of every two years is the cadence. And um, our previous pre-announced generation was called Atlan, and it was going to be a thousand tops processor. So again, bringing more and more AI compute for autonomous vehicles. Um, at GTC uh, this week, Jensen announced that we have canceled Atlan and we're replacing it with Thor. Same timeline, but we're bringing all kinds of new innovation to this processor, um, new CPU capabilities, new GPU capabilities, new AI capabilities, and a lot of safety critical aspects as well for autonomous vehicles. So we basically accelerated development. The result is that now we've doubled performance. So Thor will be 2000 tops. We've also added new floating point processors. So it's 2000 teraflops as well um, for AI workloads. And it's super exciting. Our customers are really excited about it and uh, targets 2025 you know, startup production vehicles. So what will this mean for costs and for your customers? Well, a key aspect of Thor is now um, what we call um, multi-domain computing. And so it will be able to um, devote all that horsepower if you want to autonomy, but also we can partition it and have secure computing um, zones, if you will, on the same processor. So we can handle ADAS and IVI in a single system. So now this is a centralized computer. It means less additional parts for our customers. So that's gonna ease some supply chain concerns. It's less weight, it's less cabling. And overall, we believe it'll, it'll be a reduced cost from a system perspective. So a lot of gains and it enables our customers now to really have a truly software defined car updates for a lot of features and capabilities that they previously uh, haven't had OTA capability. Alan, you want to jump in? Yeah, no, well, that's that's really and and I think lower power too, right? Because because the amount of the amount of power consumption, especially in the electric vehicle uh, applications of these things, is is sort is is a non-trivial piece of this, right, Danny? A absolutely. So you know there is greater performance that we require, but by centralizing this and through advances in the tech. Um, we're going to see a three times better energy efficiency over what we currently have on the market that's in production today with our drive Oren. That has been a home run product. We have over 40 different automakers and truck makers, robo taxi companies 
that are either in production or will be going into production with Drive Orin. Number of those in China, but uh, a range of customers all over the world. Yeah, and, and, and some of those folks are making announcements about uh, you know the Nvidia inside and and uh, and uh, and and what it's going to bring to to enhance. Uh, and improve the, the the driving experience, and, and and much of it is really focused not only on safety, but really comfort and convenience aspects of it because of uh, of that integration and 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 basically uh, being vigilant uh, at all times and helping the driver, which I think is. Yeah, well, a lot of us want to do robo taxis, and a lot of us want to want to develop and want to deliver rides, but but the 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 broad value proposition out there, the the large market is to is to just enhance uh, how well these vehicles serve us when we're using our vehicle to get to, to from A to B. Very true. I mean, we're processing sensors outside the vehicle, but also processing inside the vehicle. So it's any kind of driver monitoring, um, voice recognition, natural language understanding, gesture can you know, recognition. Um, gaze detection, so a lot of a lot of safety features too. And so the ability to do that on on one processor, uh, it really improves because it allows you to again with over the air updating to basically um, as as things improve in one area, improve it and jiggle it around and basically you know fully utilize that processing capability. But the but the flight with with without having to go get some more chips and stuff, right? I mean fundamentally. Absolutely. You, meant, you mentioned those two, two words, supply chain, uh, and what you said, Danny. So what is, what is the picture looking like today? Are we seeing a continuing improvement or yeah, what's I, the step? I think so. The, um, you know, a lot of the issues were with older chip technologies, older process technologies and uh, forecasts and, and um, you know, the, the, the production of that legacy equipment um, that was required to... You know, do the the heated seats or or some other um, kind of more esoteric feature. So by bringing a lot of these different functions into a uh, a core computer, we'll be able to reduce reliance on um, so many different out components that are in today's cars. Insulate yourselves from the situation if this should develop in the future. I guess again, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so maybe you, not insulate NVIDIA, but, but have the uh, OEMs insulate themselves from ha having to, you know, who knows what legacy computing, whatever that they needed for, you know, one's always focused on trying to get, get things into, into sort of one computing environment and then, and then do it with software and, 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 and be able to, to then, actually improve that over time using the same compute power that, that you had. And that's exactly be, right. We're, the value proposition of the vehicle going into the future, as opposed to being instantaneously uh, obsolescent, if not obsolete, when you drive it out of the, uh, the showroom, um, you know, one always wants some more compute power, but in fact, um, a lot of the advancements uh, come from improved software that uh, in the utilization of that compute environment. So, and, and that can be, that's, that's the over the air updating. So everybody's going to that, aren't they? Or all uh, your customers, right? I yeah, mean, I think we um, work with forward thinking automakers who understand, um, and we have a shared vision exactly as you described. 
it's that software-defined car and new features, new capabilities get rolled out. Um, some of those things will be free. Some of those things people want to pay for it. It adds value to them every day, adds value to the vehicle and experience and safety. So um, that's that's what we're doing with, as I mentioned, over 40 companies that are, are using Oren, um, you know, from Mercedes-Benz to Neo to Xpeng, who just um, rolled out their new G9, which is a beautiful car, to robo-taxi companies and trucking companies. Yeah, that, that, that G9 is, is um, you know, pretty darn impressive in, in, in what they, they put out there and what they're going to put out there with your processors in terms of integrating these things. I found one of the, one of the things that I've been sort of complaining a little bit about is, is, the, is the separation of automated emergency braking from things like intelligent cruise control. You know, I mean, I think I think those things should be totally integrated. Uh, why why should the car wait until 1.6 seconds uh, before a collision to start applying the automated emergency braking system and go crazy, as opposed to, you know, having a, a, a perfectly smooth transition from when it's not slowing down normally and so on and so forth in 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 uh, intelligent cruise control. Um, all that needs to be integrated, and and you really, if you have two different systems doing these things, if you had two, di- I mean, it's just you pull your hair out. Um, right. so, you, you know, hit the nail on the head, really. This is the evolution of the car has been to just keep adding more boxes with different functions, and right. um, the ability to integrate it now makes total sense. Absolutely. Danny, you've also announced a new feature of DriveSim that is called a, a neural reconstruction engine. Yeah, this is this is really interesting technology. <laughs> it it, um, it kind of came out of our research team, so it wasn't necessarily designed for autonomous vehicles, but that's one of the benefits of NVIDIA as a, as a tech company, as an AI company, as a graphics company. Um, we're coming up with amazing innovation and then we can grab that and bring that into our automotive product and the benefit of our automotive customers. Um, so the way you know, DriveSim is this platform for testing and, and evaluating and validating uh, the AI systems in the car. We create a digital twin of the car and we can create a digital twin of the environment and we drive and we test. What the neural reconstruction engine does though is take the video feed from a drive. So we'll go out, we'll drive down a road, we have the cameras on, all that information is captured. And then what we can do is rebuild the scene from that sensor data. And so we create a full 360 degree environment through time and the AI extracts different objects. So if there's parked cars, we can select those and harvest those as 3D objects then that we can reuse, um, pedestrians, other elements. And then we can use domain randomization to move um, objects around in the scene. So if we want to create a scene with more traffic, we can add more cars and then basically replay that scenario. And now there's more cars in the scene. And how do we respond to that? Is a car pulling out? Is a child running across the street? Whatever it is. So the past simulation required a lot of manual creation of the environments and the scenarios. And now we're automating that with AI, being able to leverage existing drives and uh, it's one of these things you really have to see it to believe it. It's, it's quite astounding. So in the keynote and on YouTube, we've posted some demonstrations of DriveSim with the neural reconstruction engine. 
Uh, and it's, it's pretty mind blowing what, what it can do. And then it also helps um, you know, developers, they can change the sensor configurations, they can change the sensor positions, they can uh, do all kinds of experiments, test it in simulation, and then bring the best one out to the road. Yeah, well, you know, I guess one of the things that I've always loved about you and, and NVIDIA was not only what you mentioned, but also as a, as a gaming company, which is, I guess, where you really came from, if I go back or something like that. But, that, but if, if you look in gaming, all these things were all, you know, sort of fundamental things that one put, put together to be able to create those, 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 those situations. Maybe certainly not as far as you've not taken it, but having, coming from that, that being a part of your DNA, I think, you know, we've always, many times we've discussed that that's really fundamental. Being able to do this is absolutely fundamental to the testing. Okay, and when one does this, one doesn't have to do this in real time. One can accelerate the time in, one, in which one does this so that in fact, one is going through thousands, whatever, how many X scenarios to really you know, test the darn thing out and, and, and somewhat stress test it, uh, go to the places in which, oh my goodness, um, um, we have a problem here and then focus in on that. And, and the only way to do that effectively to get to, to get to the, many of us thought that all this was gonna be pretty easy. And certainly the first 80% was. And maybe the next 15% wasn't too hard. And the next 4% was a little bit harder and whatever. But we're finding that, you know, just like with, with computer graphics and, and real visual, you know, it has to be really good unless you say, hey, you know, that's not real. That's whatever, you know, the eye can, <laughs> we can tell. And, and we're at the same point here with respect to, with respect to certainly uh, robo taxis and driverless mobility. If, if we're going to pull the humans out of there from driving, the thing has to work A to B. Yeah, you're right, and this is where- It, it, it has to, you know, go, yeah. The, the data center plays such a vital role, and a lot of people don't necessarily talk about that, but there's really two computers needed for autonomous vehicles. One's in the car, one's in the data center, and that supercomputer, right. that server farm is used for training, and you know we're using it now for the testing and validation. So in simulation, we can take a single intersection and run a million scenarios on that single intersection, and you would never be able to do that uh, in the real world. You can't do that. And you know, for the places in which, yes, there will be crashes, but guess what? All these vehicles are going to collect the data from that. And once one has the data for that, go back to and put it in these simulations, you won't have that one again, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you'll be able to fix it. I, you know, so it's, and the only way to do this is, is the way you're setting it up to do it. There was also some news, Danny, about uh, NVIDIA Drive Concierge. That's right, yeah. So this is our um, AI software for inside the car and it's driver monitoring, it's um, the uh, avatar and natural language processing. So it's really a tool and a, a platform for the IVI, um, for the rear seat entertainment, for the instrument cluster. So it's integrated suite of AI plus graphics. But what's really cool now is that we've integrated that into Drive Sim as well. So we're not just doing a digital twin of the outside, but now a digital twin of the inside. So one critical thing is that the physical designers of the car um, can be modeling and using their CAD tools and the developers that are creating the 
content that will go on the screens, whether it's the instrumentation, whether it's the infotainment, whether it's passenger displays, we can build that in to the 3D model and we can actually run hardware in the loop now. So that means we're testing the real software that's going to be running on the car, letting the designers and users experience it before the car is even made. So you can put on a VR headset, get in the car and see what that user experience will be. And that's gonna, I think, solve a lot of problems. You know, automotive designers um, are kind of operating in a vacuum. They're working on their PCs, but didn't really have the ability to test the usability inside the vehicle or, or how does this work with respect to where the steering wheel is or where the vents are or physical buttons and controls, lines of sight, whatever it may be. So this will be a boon to the automotive design process and the testing. Um, being able to fully integrate. And then we can certainly see this going to even the sales and marketing side where people could go on virtual test drives and truly experience the full interior of the car and even then put it into drive sim and they could experience an autonomous drive um, through their neighborhood or something like that. So there's there's a lot of implications of using our Omniverse tool, which this is built on. You know, It's basically creating a metaverse application for the entire pipeline from design production and manufacturing to marketing sales and, and ownership of these vehicles. It's, in, it's interesting. I know the, the gaming side of the company has certainly fed into what you do. It's almost sounding like you could be feeding back into them. Well, you, know, you, you raise an interesting point. In fact, we first started doing a simulation using a game engine, right? And that was just like a quick way to get up and running. Mm -hmm. What we found though was it just didn't scale. It didn't have the ability to handle the massive data sets that if you think about it for importing the CAD data from the car, mm -hmm. not just the simple model that, that we play in a game, but we wanted to use all the real data. So that was one issue, but also what we've built into our environment is a true physics simulation. So gaming engines, you know, like movies, it's all sort of faked or cheated and so in fact this is all a true simulation of all yeah, yeah. all the, the laws of physics uh, and the rendering is is a physics representation of how light travels and reflects and refracts mm. so um, it's it's really a remarkable tool and then it integrates in with you know the vehicle dynamics models that manufacturers use or um, whatever other software that they've developed um, that taps into the drive sim platform so they don't have to recreate everything from scratch very cool. And of course, you, you mentioned uh, one or two, but you've got a long list of partners who are, are making use of, of what you've come up with now and uh, will be using even much more of it down the road here when, when all this, uh, the, the new technology comes out. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of um, said automakers. We talked about Xpeng. Um, Zeker in China announced their, their adopting Thor. So we just announced it. It's on their roadmap in 2025 vehicles. We'll have that. Um, QCraft is a robo-taxi company that's going to be rolling out later this year in China. Um, they're using our Drive Orin. Uh, and then on the SIM side, it's, it's really interesting how all of these sensor companies, all the LiDAR companies like Continental and AI and Septon, um, they're working with us because we're now creating digital twins of their sensors, of the cameras, the radar, the LiDAR, so that it can be tested and validated in SIM. And so our automaker partners can experiment putting different types of LiDARs or different locations or quantities of those on the vehicle and test the software and figure out what's the optimum uh, configuration and how are they going to achieve the greatest level of safety through the diversity and redundancy of, of different sensor types. So very cost-effective to do this in SIM instead of having to build out vehicles and 
bolt things on and take them off and then drive around. So it's it's a great uh, tool, sort of a time machine that just accelerates their production roadmap. Terrific. Well, we'll be back, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for a white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. You'll find it under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there that can help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs can be a smart way to spread risk with investments, maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We are back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Danny Shapiro, VP for Automotive at NVIDIA. Danny, before we move to some other headlines, your assessment, as we've been coming out of the pandemic, of the progress that we are seeing, obviously you've told us a lot here, and, and the biggest challenges ahead. Well, I think you know there's um, a misconception that things really paused, and, and I don't believe that's true. We, uh, as a company, we're doing a lot of work remotely, but there's a lot of advances uh, continued. We have um, people who would go into our garage. We were conducting test drives. We're continuing to innovate. People in our labs working on new chips. As you just saw, there's there's new hardware, there's new software that we roll out. And I think our our customers are the same. There's a lot of of development work um, going on. More test pilots of of products, um, whether it's you know, robo taxi trials, whether it's new vehicles coming out um, in different locations around the world. Uh, so there might not have been as much in the news per se, but I think the advancements have still continued and investment can still continues to flow in. Um, you know, we've talked about consolidation over the years, and I think we'll probably still see some more of that. Um, but it, in my view, it's very positive. We um, have a great roadmap. We're seeing increased sales uh, and it's just it's an exciting time to be in this space. What it, what it seems to me that, that has happened is maybe we, we haven't, uh, maybe we haven't, we haven't gotten as far as we thought we would get in terms of the, the autonomous taxi, robo taxi, driverless vehicle business, people being driven around without, you know, touching anything. Uh, why? Because the darn thing is really hard because you have to, because you have to do it everywhere. I mean, you can't, you can't fail. But, but the advances in essentially now almost all cars that are in the showroom in terms of moving to have a heck of a lot more of a driver, real driver assistance systems inside and, and to see the improvement and the improvement in those systems so that now they actually work is all, is all dependent on you getting the, the, the processors out there and the software and the testing mm -hmm. and all that stuff to bring that, that, you know, to me, that has advanced enormously over these, these last two years. You look at what you can go in and buy today in the showroom and what seems like everybody is announcing either in the 24 or 25 model year, up and down, um, um, the, the the models in in the showrooms, 
all this is going to be standard. Mm-hmm. All that computer environment, all that communications environment, all that monitoring environment, all of that. And in a sense, to me, to me, it looks like it's a huge market for you because that's where the volume is. That's where the you know 20 million, 40 million year your vehicles are, are sold. We're not going to sell 20 million robo taxis. Okay, not for maybe never. Okay, but but all these um, you know all these improvements in the vehicles that all of us have bought for the last you know hundred years and whatever, all that in, is all being led by you and 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 at least it seems to me that it's it's out there just really accelerating i think the big shift is even even today some of the cars that do have some of these nice advanced features are still kind of discrete systems that are doing a single function right 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 and and so yeah that transition is going to happen in in a couple years where and again it's not just for the high-end um cars like the companies we're working with now they're putting this system in every model low end to high end. And so it might not be active on the base model when you buy it, but you could upgrade and pay for the software at a later date. So they're enabling the whole fleet with the cameras and the sensors, uh, with the compute. And so they're also benefiting from all that data collection. Um, Even if the system isn't driving the car, it's contributing to the mapping and it's contributing to the data collection to improve the, the software over time. So it's a, and it, a great strategy and they can then monetize it as that installed base grows. And, and there's there are real business cases there and people seem to be buying it. They, one doesn't seem that they're not, not out there, you know, they're saying, well, I'm passing on it, they're buying it. So I don't know, I, I think it's, um, it's really advanced. I mean, substantially in quality. Mm-hmm. Okay, as opposed to hype and you know whatever Sunday supplement, whatever was out there. <laughs> Who knows what they were doing before? <laughs> Alan, some headlines from the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter uh, this week. The Biden Harris administration announced that it's making 160 million dollars available for smart transportation technology through a grants program here, uh, I guess, I guess right. you wish it was more, but. <laughs> well, I guess I wish it was more, you know, and it's of course focused, it's seemingly focused on infrastructure and infrastructure improvements. And, and, and what I'm, my comment is, is it needs to be focused on vehicle improvements and how to improve the vehicle, um, you know. Yes, we need some help in, in the infrastructure and some bridges need to be rebuilt. Maybe we need some tunnels and maybe someplace we need a new lane and maybe someplace we need to destroy some lanes and put them underground or who knows what. Uh, but but the real way to improve uh, the, the surface uh, transportation system is to improve the vehicle. Uh, and, 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 you know, certainly at least since DARPA, it's been obvious that if you want to improve this, you want to, you really want to improve the vehicle and not sit there and, and uh, create automated highways in which we have to now, you know, uh, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of miles of roadway we have to re whatever. I mean, those, no, um, let's put the improvements in the vehicles, and and really, it it, it speaks to to what Nvidia has been been focused on improving the vehicles. 
That's how you get improved safety. That's how you get improved equity. That's how you improve, get improved affordability. That's how you, you get improved sustainability. Is really, I mean, the, the bang for the buck of, 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 of addressing improvements in the vehicle is much greater than, than I mean, changing infrastructure. One of the fundamentals of transportation is that you have infrastructure, the way, and vehicles. And essentially, in all transportation, the infrastructure, the way, is the simplest, easiest, basic airplane air you know, boating water, okay? You know, uh, you, you put this, this stuff in the vehicle, you know, roads, you know, sure, build them, you know, whatever, yeah. But uh, where you get the bang from the bunk is improving the intelligence and the capabilities that you put in the vehicles. Just my view, I hope they focus on that. Of course, I want them to focus on that so that we can get Trenton going. Of course, you know, I'm totally biased in my opinion. I admit it up front, but you know, we, we, we are not going to go build new roadways that are exclusive and have all the things so that they can be automated. <laughs> that, it, it didn't happen in 1939. It didn't happen in, in the 70s. It didn't happen in the 80s. It didn't happen in the 90s. And it's not going to happen in the, in, 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 the, in the 21st century. Alan, you, Sorry, I guess I have an opinion. Well, that's what that's <laughs> Sorry, what this Danny. is all about, isn't it? <laughs> Danny, you are welcome to chime in anytime you want. Or, <laughs> no, or Danny may not want to get in want. on that one, but whatever. <laughs> when, whenever, whenever you choose, you're welcome to join. No, us. but that's so. that's why you know I and we appreciate you know what Danny's doing, what Nvidia is doing, because you know. It, the, the reason you want to take a person out of the vehicle is to be able to provide affordable mobility. Okay, and the only way you're going to do that is put the intelligence in, in is to take the intelligence that, that NVIDIA is doing and, and have it do it. No, it's interesting though, and, and I, I agree with you to some extent. There's no way you can do the infrastructure for the world, but there are places where, uh, and we have systems set up, it's called Metropolis, and this is our smart city initiative. So we're applying AI to um, locations where things can be monitored and information gathered and communications can be done to, to assist. So it might not be enabling full autonomy, but it could be used in, in a variety of different ways. I think uh, some car manufacturers actually using systems inside the factory to guide cars autonomously. Uh, and so it's, and they're doing that in parking garages as well. So there, there are some fixed use applications of that infrastructure, but I do think it'll be a huge challenge and expense to, to expand yeah. that to all of our roadways. Yeah. Yeah, of course I agree. It's not all. It's all one, all, uh, and so on. But, but, uh, but I guess my anyway. Um, I'm just trying to get get them directed. The DOT has been focused on highways, not really vehicles. I mean, that was their their that was their that mantra. That's a reason to be in making sure the highways are safe and so on. And yeah, okay. But, but if you really do now have equity goals and you do now have sustainability goals and you do now have, uh, have affordability goals, um, uh, it seems to me that the way you address those guys is, uh, is, um, is through the vehicle. I mean, otherwise the, the, the tab is, is more than, I mean, it's really expensive. <laughs> 
Alan, you have some more comments in the newsletter on reports that Aurora is floating a possible sale to Apple or Microsoft. We talked yeah. about this a little bit before. Yeah, we did. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a shame, but one of the, one of the challenges for the, for those companies is that um, they, they've yet, they're, they're still pre-revenue. And I guess, you know, one of the beauties of, of putting all the technology and vehicles that are bought in the showroom is that one could point to revenue today or really very soon that will then, you know, go and pay for the hardware and the development and whatever. Uh, whereas, um, you know, some of these the companies that are out there doing the driverless, uh, they're still pre-revenue. And, and when one looks at the burn rates, um, um, I don't know what to say. It's challenging. And so at some point, when, when, you know, if, if <laughs> this is supposed to be a business, this is supposed to be producing, producing products that people will improve, improves their lives and people will want to pay for and buy. I think it's it's not a public service that is that society is out there going to give away for free, and so you know at some point some people are going to get have to say hey you know where's the revenue? I guess I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure Danny you know has that may have crossed his his desk every once in a while, and, and it should. These are, this is a, this is a, this, this technology can and is providing enormous societal value and benefit to, to individuals who, you know, are willing to pay for it. And, and, and so it has to be a business, but some of this stuff is struggling. Poor Aurora, I mean, I, I can't imagine. Right. And I guess it leaves a company like Apple or Microsoft taking a hard look at, you know, if, if they are interested. In I don't know if they're, you know, who knows what, I mean, they, they, they've got their own businesses and yes, they can dabble for a while, but at some point, you know, the reason we all, you know, we still buy, can buy smartphones is because Apple is able to sell them. And, and when you look at what we pay for a smartphone, I mean, if you go back 15 years and say we're we were going to pay that for 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 an iPhone, I would say you got you got to be crazy. But then you got to buy a new one next year. Don't forget. Go, but, but look, <laughs> but but the darn thing is enormously valuable. It provides me enormous benefit. Okay, I use it. I think everybody else does too. <laughs> yeah. yeah nice business nice From lemonade le nice lemonade stand you know i mean right. if you're gonna do a lemonade stand it's got lemonade's got to be good and people want to drink it pretty simple from Reuters, a report in the newsletter on GM's cruise developing its own chips for self-driving cars to be deployed by 2025 they're saying they're they want to bring costs down you had some comments on that well, you know, one always has a make or buy. The fundamental decisions in business is make or buy. Um, if your volume is low, to decide to make it yourself. I don't, th I don't think I teach that at Princeton. 
Okay. I think that sort of puts you in the in the buy side, as opposed to the make side, because because you don't. It takes it takes it it it, it takes investment to make, and, and that investment has to be distributed over volumes. And if you're not doing the volume, then then you're you're you better be a consumer purchasing and 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 and. And doing it with everybody else from somebody who who can distribute that. I, I don't know. That's that has to be lemonade stand 101 or something. So I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. But maybe I'm not GM, so therefore, you know, I guess they know what they know what they're doing. Also, Bloomberg had a report that said Cruz and he had some interesting comments here. Cruz expects to be able to arrive in a new city, record 3D maps, and begin offering driverless rides to passengers all within 90 days. By January 1, 2023, we're going to be operating in Trenton. Please come. Really? I, I, <laughs> hey, great. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a buyer. I'm a buyer. Okay, we have we have customers here who could who could use that, who can improve their lives with that, and, and to do it within. I mean, now if it's something you're gonna do, as opposed to something you're you're doing, then I don't know when the gonna is gonna gonna. But you know, but uh, somehow I must not be able to read the English language. I put it in big bold type there. I don't know, or maybe writers don't know what what to write and. And they really didn't say that, or I don't know. I'm not interpreting words correctly, but <laughs> anyway, sorry. Tesla's holding its second AI day in a week in Palo Alto. Uh, lots of chatter about the robot, not on your end. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not there, a robot. There, there are other fan. things you'll be watching for. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not a robot fan. I don't. I don't want to go ask a robot to shine my shoes. I, you know, no thank you. I, robot, go get me coffee. No thank you. I, we're beyond that. We're. This is the 21st century, and I don't know. Whatever. But again, <laughs> that's my quirk. <laughs> And the MIT Mobility Forum on yeah. Public Transit in the U.S. is continuing with weekly sessions and yeah. been very worthwhile, right? Yeah, those are those those were excellent last year. They're excellent uh, again this year. Uh, you know, at noon on Fridays, it's free. Tune in. You know, it's it's and and Danny again making GTC. Um, you know, free uh, over the air. I, I don't know. It's at some point maybe we'll have a little chat about that, and you can you can tell me as to you know how you really feel about that. But it the, the value the value to to me to my students to be able to get that is really great. Now, uh, hopefully, uh, Nvidia also is great getting great value. I know I went out to GTC on, on a couple of them out at uh, in Palo Alto, certainly before COVID. Uh, in, in San Jose, excuse me. And, you know, it's great being together with people. It's great being in, in the room. It's great raising your hand, asking questions. But the opportunity to, to get the breadth and, and get the, the, the depth um, um, 
that was a, that's a real service that you're providing. And, yeah, we, we we do miss the live. We used to have around ten thousand or more people right. getting together and uh, great event, great sessions. Um, but we've been able to scale it. We had uh, I want to say around two hundred fifty thousand people who registered um, for this week's sessions, and so anyone can still register up through Friday, and then these hundreds of of sessions are available on demand. Um, so if you watch them this week when they're scheduled, there's actually live Q and A that people can can do through Zoom. Um, but uh, but after the fact, yeah, it's all on demand, and and we just see the great value too. So there's a lot of academia that participates, but within industry yep. too, um, it's it's really valuable, and it's fun because it's just it can be cross disciplinary. You can watch sessions outside your domain and and learn yeah. some really cool things and figure out how to apply it to what you're doing. Yeah, I, 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 that's the way I see it. But you know, you're the you're the people that have to pick up the tab to do that, and you you have to see value, you know, to you on on doing it that way, as opposed to you know bringing all of us together. We all like to be together, but to get two hundred sixty thousand. I mean, you know, CES in Las Vegas, I maybe got two hundred sixty thousand once or something like that, but it doesn't even do it, and and. But um, uh, kudos to all of you for doing this and, and putting it on uh, it, really good. Okay. And to be able to go back anytime and, and, and watch too for, for a lot of people, that's a, that's a huge plus for, for many people. So finally, from The Verge, Alan, uh, the NTSB wants a requirement that all new vehicles include technology to detect drunk or impaired driving. It is also recommending intelligent speed adaptation systems to stop reckless driving. I think on the on the, uh, on the drunk driving side, you've talked about this for a long time. Well, not me. Everybody has. This isn't news. I mean, look, it, look, we should. Of course, the vehicle shouldn't shouldn't let us misbehave. Okay, you know, we talk about 90 some percent of the of the crashes and so on, having a human involvement and so on. It's it's due to human misbehavior. You know, we're there on our phones, we're there, we're there road raging, we're there, you know, whatever. And, and, and who knows what and falling asleep and and all that stuff. None of that should be. Perm- I mean, you know, there are rules of the road that we should all be following. Okay, and 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 the technology certainly exists, it has existed to do it. The marketplace, <sighs> good luck. I mean, the reason we don't have these things in there is because either nobody, General Motors won't be able to sell it, nobody will buy it, and if they it happens to come in the car, they'll snip it. They'll go to a YouTube or whatever, and da, 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 I guess you know so. Um, this is I where know. I think, you know, yeah. some AI inside the cabin or monitoring how the car is driven can solve this problem very easily. It, right? it, it, it can, it can, and it, it could, and it should. And, uh, you know, I sort of argue that that all these, uh, you know, driverless, uh, you know, take your hands off feet. It's not taking your hands off the wheel that's, that's bad. It's taking your feet off the pedals or close to the pedals, because usually it's not, hey, that you're going to, if you try to swerve around something, you'll flip the car and die. What you should be doing is hitting the darn brake earlier, okay? Um, but anyway, that's, that's we, we won't go, go through that, but, but, but you know, you, you, in there, the, 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 
the misbehavior of individuals. You can see it in, in, in the speeds and highways these days. And then you read and, the, and you know, the, the statistics. Yeah, yeah, no, and yeah. and it's the deaths on the roadways. The the you know we're what one point two six deaths per whatever number of vehicle miles were were in two thousand eleven. We were at one point nine seven. You know, there's been there's been a thirty almost a thirty percent increase in deaths per vehicle mile with even with all the technology we put in there, and it's because the. I I claim without I'll go out there I do claims without having data but it's misbehavior with individuals it's like cr crazy out there and so having more in in the cabin to to monitor and basically if you misuse one of the systems that you want to use to take your hands off or feed off uh, then the thing should just pull over the side of the road and say, okay, here, put on the dunce cap, stand in the corner, and until you bring a note from your mother, you don't get to use it again. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you almost ne need to go to that way, th th to those kinds of depths to get people to to both appreciate and behave but anyway as you can tell i'm not i'm not very good in sociology and psychology and stuff so that's why i throw this stuff out there but anyway it's fun to chit chat about it it would be interesting to see the reactions if uh, you imagine a tv commercial where a reckless driver is not allowed to drive and how, how they sell that they can sell it to to me or a family saying you were protected from this person from that perspective yeah, i suppose of course you want to do that but look at what we do with people that get the they get dwis and and multiples of them you know guess what they they still get back in there and driving i mean it, it very 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 difficult problem Okay, is what but I'm trying the, to suggest. But if the vehicle would not allow it, that's a that's. Yeah, the, a but it's story. easy to make the vehicle not allow it. The question is, is will anybody buy those vehicles, or are they the first thing they're going to do is modify it so that that doesn't happen? I, 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 very difficult to do now. Maybe you know. I don't know. I don't know. Very frustrating. Very yes, frustrating. And, well, and uh, to me, to me, that I think that's what we were talking before about having, having basically automated emergency braking systems or that sort of system be on all the time. And in a sense, you know, let you sort of, you know, turn the steering wheel however you want, but the car still stays in the lane. Okay. And, 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 and over and, and basically save your butt. And, and, which, which is what, what, what analog brakes do. You know, one of the interesting aspects of analog brakes are, is that it is a control system that operates in defiance of what I want. Because if I'm there and I push hard on that brake, okay, it comes back and says, hey, yo, Alan, you don't know what the hell you're doing, okay? You're going to lock up the wheels and you're going to kill yourself. I'm going to gently lift your leg up and I'm going to take the pressure off the brake and I'm going to pump them so that they don't lock up and I'm going to save your butt. Okay. Now, of course, that's not what it does, but that's what it does. And after it does that and saves my butt, I'm there. Oh, phew, thank you. But next time 
I do, I, again. Now, to me, that that sort of same scenario needs to operate with respect to the automated emergency braking system and intelligence cruise control and, uh, and whatever. And it should sense that there's a tight turn coming up ahead and, and reduce the speed and do all that stuff. And if I want to go fast, then force me to push the accelerator. But it should be out there trying to save me, which is, I think, the way it's being designed. Okay, which is great. And what does it need to do to do that really well? It needs NVIDIA processors because those things aren't easy problems. And if I start to do this, maybe it should just pull over. And coming back to NVIDIA is a perfect way to come around the circle here. So. <laughs> anyway. we, we really want to thank uh, you, Danny, uh, for joining us once again. And congratulations on the continuing innovations that you and the, the whole team, the great team at NVIDIA, have been accomplishing. Thank you. Thanks so much. No, it's always great to talk to you guys and to, to get some unique perspectives. And we're, we're happy to, <laughs> to join you and, uh, and share the technology with the world. And thank you. And we want to continue to try to inspire you to continue to do good. And it really is good. And, and, and congratulations. On, and thank you for putting on the whole GTC and making it available. It is, it is a phenomenal resource, really. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. You can find more info at MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, Apple, Google, wherever you turn to for your podcast. You can get smart speakers to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening, for watching. Please continue to stay safe.